good realtor will spend three hours a day calling. This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is Real Estate Marketing Dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now, please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Folks, welcome to Corona time. All you guys who've written in, I really do appreciate it. And those of you who are listening to the podcast, I appreciate that because what you should really be doing during this time is sharpening those skills, not sitting on your ass. And one of the skills we're going to talk about today is a skill I think that every single person, every single realtor should know. And I don't know why it's like such a, like the redheaded stepchild of real estate. Like, oh my God, these investors are so big and bad. And if we work with an investor, wow, you shouldn't do it. And yes, folks, this title of this show is going to be on why you should be embracing it. not only just like investor mindset, but investor linguo, investor investing. You should be investing your damn self because the truth is, is that people only use us for our investment advice. So the more skilled and the more you know about these different terms and terminology, like for example, how to speak on cash on cash return, how do you uh, recuperate an ROI, what's gross operating income versus net operating income, you start talking like somebody that people should pay attention to. And you're not just a realtor at that point. So who we have on today is uh, somebody that has really done this within his niche. I haven't, other than meeting him in the past 10 minutes, I haven't gotten much more into his show, but that's how we do all of these interviews. But here's my guess or my take on what's going to happen on the show. It's going to be like this guy probably uses this investor model and generates a shitload of buyer leads and he turns them into listings. I'm guessing that has something to do with it. Every single person I know that's very smart and savvy within the investor space is a really good listing agent and they do a lot of deals. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome our guest today, Mr. Chris Craddock. How you doing, brah? Did I crack Craddock? Say it okay? You did, you did. Oh, got it. Yeah, tell our listeners a little bit who you are, your name, your background, what you are briefly, and then we'll uh, go ahead and get right on into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a quick story about how, how I got where I am. Out of college, I uh, went on staff with this organization that I loved. It was incredible, called Young Life. Thought it was just just awesome. Changed my life, thought it was great. I made 20 grand a year, but it was okay, you know, from Young Life, which was okay because I loved what I was doing. My wife got pregnant in 2003. You can't live in the DC area, which is where I live on 20 grand a year, does not work. And so I went to the library because it was before Google was the found of all knowledge and information, right? And uh, went you to the did, library. Like the card catalog out. thing. Remember those? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, card catalog. I still remember elementary school learning how to use those. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, just got like all the books they had on real estate investing, read. I, I'm a little bit neurotic in what I do. So like just laser focused, read all of them. And I just went out and started knocking on doors and people with distressed properties. Didn't really know what I was doing. I look back now and I'm like, man, I had no idea what I was doing, but somehow made 12 times what I made in a year in about four months. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is cool. And, but I still love doing ministry stuff. And so we bought the house that that I live in now and uh, um, we're able to keep kind of my townhouse payment with that and, you know, have some money aside, but I've got six kids. So um, anybody that, uh, took a long time to figure out what caused that. Now we can kind of, you know, stop that. But we uh, should do a whole show just on how you're dealing with your six kids right now. Oh my gosh. You're probably hearing some banging. I'm, I'm in this, yeah. uh, cause we're Corona like hold up in the like Corona world. So I made this 
like cave in my basement into my uh, podcast lair. And uh, yeah, you'll probably hear banging and other stuff and maybe a three-year-old wandering in here at some point. <laughs> yeah, that, hey, same here. I'm in my bedroom. But hey, that's what we yeah. do. We keep on going. But yeah, so so bottom line was, you know, I got back, uh, I, I got back into investing after the crash because it was almost all short sales at that point. I ended up getting my license because I'd always led massive teams of people. I got my doctorate in leadership. And when I read Gary Keller's MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, you know, I just saw the picture for building teams in real estate. And so I started building a team, you know, just learned to kind of you know, make a, a synergistic model between the investor and the agent because a lot of times everybody feels like they're these two yeah. different worlds, but they don't need to be and they shouldn't be. And yeah. and then last year we uh, we sold 119 million, 800,000, and a big piece of that is because we have so many great relationships with investors and really are able to turn that into something that uh, that yeah. is. We are. I know so many agents that just work with two or three investors, and that's all they do. Um, and on the listing side, it's called an REO agent, guys. Like literally it's like commercial and there's no emotion. So like if you hate like the roller coasters of someone fighting over a fucking like $5 GFCI outlet, like I personally couldn't stand that stuff. I like the investor space. I was, I have a similar story to, um, on yours in 2008 and I all short sales and I went heavy on investing in myself. And there's a tremendous amount of leverage um, with that at that time more so because who cared what the house sold for. But Right now, I think there's a huge amount of advantage to working with investors because they do multiple transactions. But why do realtors like have such a, why do realtors in general have like this stigma against investors in general, unless you're working with them? And I don't know why that is. Do you agree with that? Like, well, yeah, I mean, everybody, I think, I think a lot of agents, so I do a lot of coaching in my, in my own team with agents and a lot of, especially newer agents, unless like right as they start, they start working with a few investors. They get so fearful about it. And and the reality is, I think you're right. I mean, you just, it takes all the thinking out of it because it's no longer this emotional thing. It's just logic, right? Right. Okay, this is, this is it. I mean, it either makes sense. Yeah. Realtors right now, the general public thinks we're a commodity more times than less. And the truth is they're they're right 90% of the time, unfortunately, (laughs) because, uh, you know, just because you guys have like a license or we have a license, I should say doesn't give us the excuse to print money. It just gives us the excuse to actually do it legally. Ultimately, what you're going to get paid on are the skills that you have and the brand that you build. Someone talking like Chris right here, like can easily command a six or 7% commission. I could just talk. He could probably get buyers to pay him a buyer's agency fee because of that knowledge and that skill set. But Chris, do you have any competition when you go up against a Redfin type agent in that sense? Or does your expertise sort of justify itself? Well, see, here's the, here's what we're doing. And this is, this is what's so crazy. So all these investors, uh, you know, I, I'm in some masterminds and in some groups with, with just a ton of investors across the country and they spend literally millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars every month finding these distressed sellers, these motivated sellers. And yes. they're spending the money. And if, if there's not enough room for them to flip the deal or wholesale the deal, they're throwing away the leads. And almost all of them have tried to work with an agent, have tried to work with somebody on these seller leads to get referral fees. And most agents don't know how to do it because most agents think of themselves as an agent. They don't yes. understand that there is a process to walk through. And these people, they're calling an investor. They know they're going to make less money if they sell to an investor, but they're willing to do that for a reason. It's just like when I, when I bought my truck, I traded my car. I went to the dealership and I traded in my car. I knew I'd make more money on Craigslist if I sold it on Craigslist, but I wanted to ease. I just wanted to just be done with it. Right. And so I traded it in. And so, uh, and, and that's the thing with these sellers. So the second you walk in and say, oh, I'm a real estate agent, let me flip up my uh, listing presentation. They're like, 
my uncle who cuts hair is also a real estate agent and you know, so with him, you know, like, like that's the deal. And that's the reason why we're, we're so different because we're walking in as problem solvers. We're not walking in as a real estate agent. And that's why, I mean, literally we're, we're taking more than 6% on most of our deals. And in our market, everybody's taking about four, four and a half percent is, is that I think it's 4.2 in our market. And I'm telling you, we've, we've had a bunch of 9% listings, 8% listings, because we're not competing with other people the same way everybody else is doing. We're positioning ourselves different. Yes, this is all positioning. So folks, let's just switch gears really quick and just play this into the hotel space. I could go get a room at the Ritz or I could go across the street to the Holiday Inn. I'm going to sleep both ways. Uh, one might feel a little bit better, right? I might get a little bit more sleep at the Ritz the food might taste a little bit better in customer service, but you bet your ass it's going to be a lot more expensive than staying across the street at the Holiday Inn Express. But I pay for that experience and I'm willing to invest in my own experience for that reason. And we have to start putting ourselves in that way. It's like positioning is everything and niching down is everything too. The real estate agent who is called a generalist no longer will succeed or last long in this business. We are going towards a specialist. Don't sell houses. Like what he just said is you guys should write that down. Don't just sell houses, solve problems. It's all real estate agents are. They're problem solvers for people with house issues. That's why we, our jobs actually exist. So I love it. Let's walk through. So there's a couple strategies. Let's walk into it a little bit more. And I don't know if you guys picked up what he said, but do you guys have any issue with the fact that a real estate investor, a rehabber, a multifamily investor, a syndicator, you name it, can go out there and find hundreds of properties to a month, tens of maybe 10, 20, 30 properties a month. Some of these guys are doing hundreds and two hundreds, but yet a, a listing agent can't freaking get a listing. And it's because you're looking in the wrong fucking places. If you're going after listings, copy the damn rehabbers. These guys are great at getting listings. That's what we always did. I never understood why, if we want to go after listings, why we wouldn't just be the rehabber. Because the truth is, we have a way better offer nine times out of 10. And 10% of people who call on these I buy houses, maybe 8% works. Does that sound about right? How many deals actually work for the rehabber or the investor? Typically? I mean, probably, probably one out of 10. One out yeah. of 10. It's about what I see, yeah. Here's what happens the, the other nine? See, I think most agents are afraid. They don't want the fixed cost. And that's why what I've been kind of teaching people how to do, that's what we've been doing with, with massive amounts of investors is looking more at the variable cost because they're already paying for the leads and they're just throwing them away. We're just giving a referral fee. It's a slightly higher than normal referral fee and you got to work a little bit harder because it's not like a handoff where somebody's calling and saying, hey, here's my uncle you know, from Seattle. Here's their number and they're going to definitely work with you. You got to work for it. But the reality is you are getting lead after lead after lead that you're not paying up front for. You're, you, know, you don't have that fixed cost of every month the spend is going out. You've got a variable cost where you're only paying when you convert. But here's the thing. If you don't convert, they're not going to keep you very long. And that's why most people don't waste their time. Most of the investors don't waste their time with agents. So basically you work with a lot of, re think of wholesalers, rehabbers, and you're taking all their turn down deals and you're saying, look, I might as well just, you guys, all these investors, you guys are licensed. Like the vast, vast majority of these guys are licensed and gals. But yeah, you just, Hey, here's, let me help monetize your turn down business for you. Yeah. Turn your trash into cash. You know, that's, that's totally. the kind of thing that we're talking about. Like you that. know, turn your trash into cash. Yeah. Do you guys do any direct sourcing of business yourself too? Like, did you start following the same systems? Like, are you going after sellers direct or are you just getting in on a lot of the referral side? I mean, we do some, we, we always have done, done some ourselves as well. But I mean, the cool thing is, I mean, we you don't have to. Just, like the relationships we have, we, we don't have to. And we, all of our agents, 
all of our agents are insanely busy, but here's the thing. And I want to make this so clear. So um, this one group here, like one of the groups that, that I do a lot of my business with, you know, they tried to open their own brokerage. They, they've done all these things with agents over the years. And when I came in, they were working with somebody who was one of the top, you know, in the Wall Street top list, everything else, just a great agent, but had not closed hardly any deals. And I just know that like this was a world that I came from. And so, and I also know that I'm a good salesperson. I understand how to create something. So I just begged and begged and begged for them to give me some leads. They, they gave me a hundred leads, you know, about 70 of them had already gone with somebody else sold 30 of them were out of area. So I had like literally about 40 leads and my goal was to get as many as this other person had gotten in the last like six months. Um, and, and I did, you know, out of that, I got six listings, you know, from those 40 leads. And so they called me back when I called them, I told them this is what's coming their way. They said, Hey, let's, let's get together. Let's have a conversation. It turns out they, they were giving me just some trash leads that they'd already like, you know, filtered out because they, you know, they just want to get me off their back and I, you know, I closed them. And then the crazy, the cool thing is since then we've been able to show up with the referral. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was giving them money. I mean, that's, that's the best thing. I mean, well, you know, so many agents wouldn't have done that. They oh, would have yeah. not cause they wouldn't have known if they closed it or not. Right. Right. Well, I mean, then that's, that's the crazy thing in this world. I mean, I, I've dealt with some, I've dealt with some agents that, that literally have tried to have scammed me on referral fee, like other, other stuff like that. I'm like, man, do you realize that all we got in this world is our reputation? And the second we lose that reputation, like we're, we're toast, right? We're toast. Like what, what do we have? You know, and nobody's going to trust you. You know, they're, they're, you know, just stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. It's stupid. Long-term yep. versus short-term. So yeah. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of agents are looking at a transactional view versus the long game. And honestly, each client, like, and this is just a regular residential client, not to mention an investor, but people just ask, what is each client worth? It's hard to answer that question, but I would always say a minimum of $25,000 because the average person buys three to five houses over the course of their lifetime. And if you maintain a relationship with them, you should get every single one of those transactions. But $25,000 is even short change because it doesn't take into account the amount of people they could refer you to that can do the same thing. So right. you have to look at playing the long game with this stuff. What does an agent start? Uh, like, what do we do? So we're saying, guys, just to get everyone on the same page, Chris has positioned himself to be very investor friendly. And he's <laughs> proven himself up front. And in return, that positioning is what sets him apart in his market. And it's not about being the most super duper agent and like who cares if your freaking faces on every park bench and i don't know if it is maybe they are but what's more profitable the relationship or the ego right i mean which one is it yeah yeah so what, what i did was so i was closing all these myself and then what i did was i created the system and i, I worked with some of the folks on my team that are really good at, at creating systems to you know we, we've got 17 steps to to really monetize this at a high level and we're i mean we're closing more than 50 percent of these deals that wow. they're coming our way, which is just incredible because I think nationwide it's like five or 6%, which is why it's just not even worth it for these, these investors to waste their time with it. They just send it over and it, and it doesn't make any money. So, I mean, literally, I mean, there's, there's an investor in, in my market that spends, you know, I think like 30, $40,000 a month and just lets all those leads just fall by the wayside, doesn't do anything with them. And, it's still uh, you know, it's just, for them. that's just the crazy leave. part. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, they're doing good on their own, so they don't see the return because they've tried stuff and it just hasn't worked. Well, here's the deal. If you're not making them a lot of money, if you're not closing at a high level, then, you know, nothing's going to happen on that. So that's where you got to be able to close at a, at a high level and make it worth their time. You know, Zig Ziglar, you know, you can have everything you want in life. If you help enough other people get what they want, you help these investors make a, a fortune, you know, they're going to keep sending you your leads yep. and you're going to have to, you're not paying for them up front. Now, I mean, at some point you say, oh, well, what's more valuable? And, and you know, honestly, at, at this point, we, we probably would have a much better margin if we were to do it ourselves. But the cool thing is, you know, all my agents are happy and, and we get more and more opportunities every month. And, you know, we're closing a lot of business and we're very profitable. So it's, it's pretty sweet. Let's talk about the, uh, so the skill set is one, networking with investors. But then the other part is, is closing. And folks, I'm going to guess that the people that you're getting introduced to this isn't like the hunky-dory, happy-goy family. It's probably distressed situations on a lot of times. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the way that I see it. So you, you walk in and if you're, you're an agent, you've lost. If you walk in as an agent, now you have to say that you're an agent, but if you walk in and you're an agent, you've lost. Here's the deal. I, I, I played rugby in college and just destroyed my shoulders, right? My left shoulder here, I've had three shoulder surgeries. My right shoulder, I've had one. And uh, a few months ago, my, my left shoulder popped out of the socket again when I was sleeping, which is the worst, most painful thing ever. It's the worst. <laughs> uh, but I go in and the doctor's looking at me, um, you know, does all these things. Does this hurt? Does this hurt? Does this hurt? No, 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 no. And then he does something called the crank test. And yeah, it feels as bad as, as it sounds, but he starts cranking on this thing. And I squeal like a little girl and it was, it was just terrible. And he's like, Oh, that hurts. And you know what he did? He did it again. You know, he pushed on it. And so that's, that's our job as agents. Everybody that's moving, every, anytime somebody is moving, there's some sort of pain in their life because nobody likes change. Nobody likes to move. I'm, I'm a high D on the disc profile. I, I enjoy moving, but I still, you know, I need something to push me to change because otherwise we do the status quo. So the only reason somebody moves is if there's some sort of pain and maybe the pain is like, I don't like where I'm at now and I want someplace bigger, but you got to find that pain and just like a doctor, diagnose it, press on that pain point, you know, so you're asking questions, asking questions, asking questions, and they're going to tell you some stuff. And I told the doctor that my lower back hurt. Well, the reason my lower back hurt was because of my shoulder was being, you know, I was, I was carrying it a little weird on my, on my body because it hurt. Right. And so it caused lower back pain. So they'll tell you these other things, but you got to find out what is the real reason that they're moving? What is that pain point? You press on the pain point and then you give them the antidote. You, you write the prescription. You say, this is how I can solve your problem. This is how I can do it differently and better than everybody else. I'm not an Uber driver of real estate. I don't just, you know, I don't just show up and turn the key and you walk in because they can find a monkey to do that, right? I'm actually going to find a way to solve your problem. I'm going to get you the solution to your problem. And here's the deal. When they believe that you are going to solve their problem, you can charge. It doesn't, they're not going to see you as an agent. And that's why you can charge more than 6% because they're paying you to solve their problem and you're getting their problem solved for them. Yep. Do you get a lot of, um, in deal types, how many of these people, like what if, if it's a short sale, you're just going to take it on as a short sale and you're going to get a higher listing anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they say, I remember when we were doing a lot of uh, short sales, people, the number one reason, because we, we were training a lot of agents at that time. And I remember the, the difference between an agent who could convert versus one who couldn't was simply just on their level of compassion. And if they were able to like relate to the person, because at that time, like 2007, eight, nine, people were like, I mean, it was sad. Like people were losing everything. You're talking about their whole life savings, their house, uh, 60 year old people not having a house to live in. Like the saddest, saddest stories that we would see. And then they say you have to have a stone heart is what they would say. And to do it, but honestly, it's, it, you have to have that level of compassion. Yeah, you have to answer and solve that problem. 
Very, very, very cool. Any other tips you want to go ahead and give to our uh, listeners here and anything else that you think agents should be starting to focus on? Well, I mean, the main thing is, I mean, like I said, there, there's a big process to, to actually do this at a high level and, and to close. There's a reason why great agents don't close these kind of leads because they just haven't figured out the whole system. But the main thing here is this. One, you got to build the relationship, but if you can't close these leads, don't even try to build the relationship because you're going to burn the relationship. You got to be able to close. And the way to close is to walk in knowing that they've got a problem and you can solve their problem and just you're not, you're not just pulling out your listing presentation saying, here's what we can do because honestly, then you're just competing with everybody else. You're positioned like everybody else. You are everybody else. And the reality is technology is going to disrupt the average agent. Um, it's the ones that stand out in their service and what they offer and their, you know, in their, you know, what they provide for the, totally. the client and how they solve problems that is going to really make that stand. And, and look at, I mean, look at the financial advising world, right? I mean, if, if you're just wanting to do the average thing, everybody else does, you get on Ameritrade and pay $5 a trade or whatever it is. And you know, yeah. then you're done. But the ones that have more complex problems or have looking for a solution that, that integrates taxes and like all these other things, those are the people that go to tax advisor or, or financial advisors and still work with them instead of just getting online. They just are having a more comprehensive solution to the problem. Yep. No, that's uh, well said and beautifully put. We are not real estate agents, guys. Get that out. Start solving problems. Like I like focusing on just a niche in general. How do you find these investors? That's going to be the next question they're going to ask. Like, oh, great. We get these investors. Like, sounds great. But how the hell am I going to get an investor to pay attention to me? Well, you're going to have to prove yourself first, probably. But let's see what uh, Chris says. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have a whole, a whole system, you know, a step-by-step system, but I'll give just a couple points, a couple easy ways to do it. You could go to an auction, right? You know, just the local courthouse and find people that are fixing flippers right there. They're, they're obviously buying from the courthouse, but they're also, a lot of them are spending money on their own, on their own stuff. Go to investor meetups, get online, you know, some of the different investor groups on Facebook. You'll start seeing that the same people are in the same places you'll just start seeing them around. But those are, those would be three, you know, one, two, three. Um, there's, a, there's a number of other ways that you can do that, but that those would be the three fastest and easiest ways to just meet people in the investor community. What about for all the keyboard uh, warriors out there that don't want to actually get out there and shake hands and are actually yeah. enjoying this social distancing thing? Yeah, can you yeah, still well, do that or do you got to get belly to belly with these? I'm thinking you got to get belly to belly. I think you got to build a relationship. Like I, me personally, I'm going to have, I'm getting them, I'm buying them beers. I'm taking them out to dinner, shooting the shit. What do you do? That's the thing. I mean, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? And if you're going to be asking them to give you essentially, you know, somewhere between thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars every month worth of, of leads of, of what they're doing, um, because they're not going to give them to you for this reason. They're going to think... I might be cannibalizing my own stuff because what they're going to think is, well, I'll just, I'll recall through these leads. Maybe they'll be more primed a few months later, everything like that. So I don't want to give them to you right now because I'm cannibalizing my own stuff. And you know, the reality is they're going to be like most real estate agents that have like 4,000 leads in their CRM that they paid for and will never call again, but then one day they will, you know, it's like that, that shed that they plan to clean out one day, you know, it's just like, I have good intentions. But the reality is, if you can convince them, you know, which, which you have to do through relationship and prove it kind of a thing, that you, you can actually monetize those leads and maybe the one or two deals that they can get from recalling through if they ever decide to do that is nothing in comparison with the volume of, 
of all the other deals that they pass up on that are going to sell their houses anyway, and they're going to get some sort of referral fee for all that work. I mean, that's, that's when, when you really win, but you've got to, you got to be able to convince them of that. And usually you do that when you, when you start building a relationship. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Folks, again, we bring you different tips, tricks, people actually really doing this stuff. Love the investor niche. But again, all this is brand and positioning. And I think you're starting to see a, a common thread. And it's not just in real estate. I think it's overall. You have to do a little bit more. You got to work a little bit harder. And uh, the riches are, all, are in the niches. They always have been. Have you ever seen anybody that really concentrates in a niche that doesn't do well? Think about it. I have not yet in, the, in our space. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and let our listeners know how they can reach you, visit your site, connect with you on social if you guys want to learn more. And then uh, we'll get, and get everything wrapped up. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a uh, Facebook group called Uncommon Real Estate. Love to connect there. I've got my, uh, my webpage, chriscraddick.com. You know, also have a page uh, on, you know, called Chris Craddock and on Facebook, uh, Crad Rock on Instagram, C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K. And uh, yeah, you know, reach out. If I can ever do anything to help serve, um, serve you, let me know. Uh, you know, one of the biggest ways that I grew was there were a lot of people that were doing a lot of business that were real generous with their time. And uh, so, yeah, if I can ever do anything to help, you know, reach out. And you guys got a podcast too? We do. Yeah, we do. So and, Uncommon uh, Real Estate, and you're going to be, you're going to be on ours here shortly too. So looking forward <laughs> to that. So yeah, Uncommon Real Estate, come and check us out. And uh, yeah, and if, if there's anybody that, uh, or anything that you want to have discussed, you know, throw that out there and we're, uh, we're open. Loving cool. it. And thank you folks for listening to the episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, use this time to start investing and learning in your skills. As a matter of fact, we just rehabbed and redid all of our training that is live and on our course on our website right now. And this is no BS and I don't know how long I'm going to leave it up for, but literally I have a year's worth of video scripts, over 40 different scripts, blog posts, topics, and step-by-step training that shows you on how to shoot it with your cell phone from your damn living room. And if you need help editing and distributing that content and then multi-purposing it to YouTube and your blog, then you can actually hire a dude and we could get to work. But go ahead and check out the training. I don't know how much more free stuff I can give you guys, but if you want to get on video, I want to be the one that takes you there and builds your brand and shows you exactly how to go. Follow us on social media, connect with me on my YouTube page, therealestatemarketingdude.com. Make sure you subscribe and leave us some reviews. Keep sharing the word on our show. And we appreciate the word and the, all you people listening each and every week. Stay strong, stay tight, stay safe. And don't worry, we'll be out of this thing in no time. But use this time to invest in your skills because at the end of the day, that's what pays the bills. Peace, peace, peace. Bye, I'm out. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.